Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this very first edition of Finding Faith and Losing Sleep, a podcast that is built just around a regular couple of people's views on what's happening in life and coordinating it with the Bible. And of course, I have with me a, a longtime friend now. I feel like it's a longtime friend. We started a relationship on Twitter by getting to know each other there. I, I saw his website or his, his uh, Twitter page, I guess it is. And we got to become really good friends. And one of the things, Pierre, that I got to learn about with you is the first thing I said was, why do you have that cross on your Twitter page? Why, why do you have that cross on there? Because that was something I wanted to find out. And I knew you had an interest in sports, which I did too, but we also shared an interest in the Bible. What was your response about that cross, Pierre? Yeah, that was it. Like, so I'm, I'm kind of new to this. I guess I'm only a, a few years into to faith and I, I've always, you know, believed in, in God, believed in Jesus, but just in my own life, it's just been recently that I've really started to, to dive in. And I found it unique, honestly, that we kind of connected that way. Uh, I had always wanted to to do a podcast and really a, a sports podcast. And so when you reached out and that's what caught your attention, uh, I felt like that would be a good fit. And uh, I think we flash forward, what, two years now. And here we are, you know, trying something new and uh, hopefully just, just having, you know, normal conversations, which I think we kind of lack uh, a little bit on the, the podcast world. You know, I, I don't study theology. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. I'm just a standard normal guy. So, uh, I still feel like these conversations are important to, to us, uh, for one, but also to listeners. Well, not only that, but we have different viewpoints, too. Uh, uh, I, 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 my name is Wes, and I'm at Loafing It over on Twitter. And just full disclosure here, not that it's a big deal to me, but I'm a white man. And I grew up in a white man's world kind of a thing. And Pierre, you're, you're not, right? <laughs> I'm not. No, I am a, a black male, African-American, however you want to say it. I just say black. Um, so yeah, definitely different sides, and I don't know we still we still can have different different thoughts, and we can still get along, which I think is also important. Yeah. Something we'll dive into as well. We don't agree on everything, and, and that's okay. That's fine. No, that is absolutely fine. And uh, one of the other guests that we have, and I I think it's going to be a regular habit on the Finding Faith and Losing Sleep podcast here is to have your wife join us as well. And who knows who else might join us. I'm not going to make any promises about anybody else. But uh, Michelle, your wife has joined us as well. And Michelle and I have gotten to know each other a little bit on Twitter, more or less just giving each other a hard time about our sports teams. (laughs) That is true, Wes. And so it's nice to join you here. And um, I guess full disclosure, I am also a, uh, well, not also, but I'm also white. and (laughs) And so... Um, Pierre and I grew up very differently. And so we have, um, you know, differing opinions about things sometimes. And so that just makes it interesting in our household to um, really come together and to be able to talk about those differences. And so that's why we think it's important to put those things out there in the world, too, because we know we're not the only ones. No, no. And and I, I love having a female voice on the podcast here because we he said, this is all about looking at it from different perspectives, life from different perspectives, the Bible from different perspectives. And we can see it a little bit differently because of the way that we're raised and the way that we're brought up into the world. And, and you guys don't know a lot of my story. We will end up getting into a lot of my story here on the podcast, maybe not this episode, but right later on down the road. And I, it, your, your eyes will be opened up to maybe why Wes is so wacky sometimes whenever we <laughs> do a little bit of the talking that we do amongst each others. But uh, here on the Finding Faith, and losing sleep podcast one of the things that 
that we have talked about off the air and even before the show began was just how this was an option for us to be able to start this podcast. And uh, before, I guess, two years ago, maybe the COVID era, when the podcast boom really started happening, that option wasn't available for a lot of people because we were really, really busy in the world, you know, just living our daily lives, being wrapped up into work and, and, and in a church, maybe even at times, into sports. And then all of a sudden, the world kind of stopped when COVID hit. And then an option to be able to do these kind of podcasts really came into play. And one of the things that people started learning was more and more about each other because we we spent so much time around each other around the world. And that was uh, really interesting to be able to have that, Pierre. And I think that one of the things that you and I found out was that there is just an entire, I don't know, an, an, an entire open field of people out there with all kinds of differing opinions. There is, there is, and and you're right. It, it kind of took the world shutting down a bit uh, for folks to to find the podcast option. I think it's kind of exploded a bit, uh, becomes really popular with that. But there are once you, that's the one thing with social media. Um, for one, it opens up a lot of options itself, uh, but it also introduces you to a variety of individuals. Uh, around the country, around the world. And it does kind of introduce you to those differing opinions. And uh, you're going to have to, you know, find your way to, to kind of fit in in a way, but also be yourself uh, in the same instance and stand your ground on your beliefs and, and get along with those that maybe dis, disagree with what your beliefs are and vice versa. That was really hard for me, Michelle, too, because it I, I found out quickly in the Twitter sphere that we're in anyway, that Pierre and I spent a lot of time in, I, I don't agree with a lot of people, and I don't think a lot of people agreed with me. And I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted, I don't want to say be liked or or what, I, I, but you do. You want to be accepted mm. among your peer group, and so it was hard to really come out with a lot of my different beliefs, basically because I didn't want to be called an idiot. I guess is is what it was, Michelle. I just didn't, I didn't want to do that, and I didn't see that as being an option. Do you find that a lot of times nowadays too? whenever you're a female trying to, I don't know, fit in around everything that's going on that's just crazy nowadays? Absolutely. And honestly, it's not even nowadays. Growing up, I struggled with self-confidence and those sorts of things. And so what I found is that I just I just wanted to be liked. And so I would fi- try to find ways to fit in and was scared to stand out and be myself. And I I won't say that I don't still struggle with that from time to time. I don't think I focus on it near like I used to now that I have found my faith because I trust that God made me the way that he wanted me to be. But those little, you know, things in the back of my head still pop up from time to time that I just want people to like me. I mean, I think that's (laughs) the nature. And so going through all of this, um, it's, I think when you talk about social media, it's really difficult and it's easy to play that comparison game and to say, oh, well, they have it so great or this person's life is, seems great, but that's just it. It seems that way. And I think that if you, it, I want people to like me. And so you put your highlights out there, right? And so um, basically it's, it's just difficult sometimes to want to fit in, but to really stand up for what you believe. And I think what's important is to know that if somebody is different than you, you don't have to delete me. Just love people in spite of that, that oh, it's yeah. okay to be different. 
No, that that's true. And we all have so many different places that we can go. And I, of course, I like to be liked and I like to have the little likes on my tweets or the quote tweets or the retweets or anything like that. I like those things. But if it doesn't happen, I just blame the algorithm over on Twitter. I, I just think they're there. I blame them. I think they're out to get me, Pierre, is what I think. You know, I am. I do. I'll, I do. I'll say that. <laughs> I won't let you know that happen over there. <laughs> I, but uh, something else that a lot of this, though, has to do with you. You mentioned self-confidence, Michelle, and I have a teenage daughter. It's the first teenage daughter I've ever had. I don't remember being a teenager. I turned 50 years old not too long ago. So that was a long time ago. I sympathize with a lot of things that she's going through. We tried to isolate her a little bit from the social media p- uh, pressures that there are out there and, and different things like that. Uh, but one of the things that has started to happen in my house, Michelle and Pierre, and I know you guys are a little bit further down the road and raising children maybe than I am even, uh, is that, is that um, it, the boys have started texting her and stuff through, through mama's phone. We don't necessarily let it happen on the, <laughs> my daughter's phone, but, uh, and it's, it's kind of opened up a whole new thing because I, I've, I've always heard the old antage. If you have a boy, if you have a son, you got to worry about one son, but if you have a daughter, you got to worry about everybody's son, right? And that's 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 kind of what I've started doing. And I and 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 I don't want to take it too far because I want to be able to trust people. I mean, you got to know their backgrounds a little bit. And I think that Michelle, that that was one of the ways and areas that we were going on this first Finding Faith and Losing Sleep podcast. Because as a father, I am losing some sleep. I am finding a little bit more faith because I am praying about these things a little bit more. I am trying to find faith, not only in uh, my daughter a little bit more, but in other people and in God as well, trusting those plans. But I I don't know. How how do I do a background check? Have you ever ran into it where you've had to do a background check on somebody maybe in your past that you were looking to date or get into a relationship with? Sure. (laughs) All the time. And I (laughs) I think you're right in that, uh, Wes. And, you know, we have a 10 year old daughter. And so at some point we're going to hit that boy stage. And I can tell you for one, I am not looking forward to it simply because I remember what it was like for me. And so, um, obviously we're going to try to navigate and try to help her as well as we can, but, um, that's not going to be fun. So we don't envy your position there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also with the, the, the options, the options yep. come into play here now because you, you got to think about all the, the different platforms uh, that they can kind of outreach and, and contact each other. You know, we talked about, you know, the, the Twitterverse, uh, but you have other ways uh, of contacting. You've got Instagrams and Snapchats and obviously Facebook and mm-hmm. even like text. Like you think about it, like we used to have, have to actually call people yeah. and have a, a conversation. Uh, now you can just text and it's a lot easier to, to text someone something than to actually vocalize it to them. Uh, but that just kind of ties into the, the options that are available. And, and also the fact that sometimes more options isn't necessarily a great thing. Uh, so that's something we got to keep in mind as well. Well, well one of the things, oh. And I adding on to that, when, you know, when I was growing up, my parents could pretty much monitor what was happening. Like Mm. they'd have to call our home phone or show up at my door. And I didn't have, there weren't cell phones and that sort of thing. And so now um, people can, you know, not really be themselves online. It could be a predator. It could be all those things. So when you talk about losing sleep, when your children are growing up, (laughs) For sure, that's a, a, an issue. 
No, we've, and we've had all, a lot of those talks with my daughter. Not that my teenager understands all those things right now. And of course, we're the only parents that, that monitor her the way that we are. You know, I, I, I'm not saying my daughter is lying, but I, I do think that she hears from her friends that, hey, oh, I got all these freedoms. It's kind of like what we were talking about with social media, always posting the right things, you know, or, hey, I'm living in this dream life kind of a thing, or I'm having really good days all the time. I think that our peers will always put those uh, faces on as well, like like to my daughter, that, hey, I don't have any regulations on my phone. Hey, I don't have to go to bed at a certain time. Hey, I, I, I remember being a kid, being a little boy, like in fourth grade, telling my friends, oh, I got 21 girlfriends. You know, just saying something like that, because I want to have that appearance of doing something uh, that nobody else has. And I think that that may be one of those traps. And then, of course, my daughter sees that and she says, well, nobody else has these kind of regulations. Nobody else has these kind of rules. And I just look at her and I say, well, they have bad parents. You know, that's that's just how it is. And I, I think as parents, we need to more or less um, uh, know what each other are doing, what knowing what what we all are doing so we can all be on the same page. And then our children can't use that against us. I think that that is important to do. Right. Absolutely. And to let them know uh, that you're coming from a place of love and care. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That was and, a Mother Teresa quote, like, if you, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And and part of loving your family is setting those those rules, those boundaries. Uh, yeah, you want them to, to be able to grow, to be able to make decisions. Um, obviously, if with our faith, we believe in, you know, the, the Lord giving us free will. And uh, one thing that, that always bothers me, I don't know why, is when folks kind of make fun of the, the whole religious aspect saying if something bad happened, well, wasn't God in control? Why didn't he do anything? And I, I personally think of it as he's in charge and you, you think of it like a parent. So with you being a parent, you know, you're going to allow your, your children uh, to learn, to grow, to make mistakes. Uh, that's going to take place. And you hope that they, you know, make the right choices if they don't, there's probably going to be consequences. But on the flip side, there's also people out there making bad choices as well. And that's kind of what happens in the world. You know, we have free will to, to make our own decisions, our own choices. Some folks are going to make good decisions. Some some folks are going to make poor decisions. And, you know, you're going to have to live with those consequences. And the same thing is going to happen for our kids as it happened for us when, you know, we were younger trying to make decisions in this world. Mm-hmm. I think that the inherited sins that we each get, uh, and what I say, what I mean by that is not that we are punished because of what anybody has done before us, but we are kind of punished by what, how we were raised, the homes we were brought up in, because those are learned behaviors. I, I learned a lot of bad behaviors. I always tell my daughter, I tell my wife, I, I tell anybody that my wife should have never married me because I was just a broken vessel. I had no clue how to have a relationship. I didn't know how to live with anybody, let alone be married to somebody. I didn't know how to treat someone. I didn't know how to love someone. I, di I didn't know any of those things. I grew up in a single parent home where the single parent wasn't ever there. So I was just always raising kind of myself and, and I avoided uh, going to jail, which was very fortunate, but I did get in a lot of trouble along the way. And making those bad decisions as a young man, but I learned from that family that I was raised with, whether it was divorce, remarriage, 
kids out of wedlock, whether it was yelling, whether it was screaming around people at at holiday events, all those different things that I learned, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, different things that that were passed down to me. I inherited those kind of actions. And that was really hard for me to break out of those habits. And unfortunately, my wife had to put up with me during all that time that I was trying to learn how to live a new life, how I was trying to learn how to walk like a Christian. She, she was very patient with me uh, and she was very loving, but I'll be honest with you. She got the short end of the stick because it was hard for her to be able to go through all those things. I'm so thankful that she never gave up hope on, uh, uh, for me and all that. But I, I tried to encourage my daughter to, Hey, look at the two different sides of things because the way people are raised it can dictate for you what the rest of your life and what your marriage is going to be like as well. Absolutely. And, you know, the, this, this episode is about, you know, choices and options. And, you know, I have a couple uncles that have been police officers on the floor, state troopers. Uh, I got a men's group that, that has a couple of them. And they, they often speak to having good kids. Like you, you get called to, to certain houses, certain homes, certain situations. And, you see good kids in, in poor situations, basically, you know, surrounded by adults, you know, making poor choices, bad decisions. And then you flash forward years later, uh, they're still in the force. And now these kids have grown up to make those same bad, bad decisions. And you, you start to ask, you know, why? How could they do that? And you realize it's because those are the, the options they feel they have available. And when you think about that, if there's, if there's nothing else that you think is going to get you out of a situation, you're going to turn to what you know, what you've seen others do. And I feel like that's a, a big part of it. So for one, kudos to you for, for growing from what your situation was and deciding to raise your daughter differently. Uh, so she has better and more options available. Yes. And adding on to that, um, Pierre and I've had this conversation previously, and it's kind of what led into this was, I was in a relationship years ago and um, I knew his past. I knew that he had been abused as a child and by a family member. And um, one of the things that hit me, maybe I was just scared to ask, but um, at one point I decided I was just going to ask. And I asked him, so why is it that if you have been abused as a child in some way, shape or form, why is it that? people who have been through it and know the, the trauma that it causes and the hurt and the, the things that you have to deal with on a daily basis because of it, why are they more likely to do it themselves? And his instant response was because it's an option. And I really struggled with that and didn't understand it. And he said, Michelle, you have to understand if, if something has happened to you, it's in your brain. It's something that you think about. So it, therefore it becomes an option. If it's never happened to you, you've never had to deal with it. It's not something that you even think about. So it's not necessarily an option to you. And, um, I will say it took years and Pierre and I actually fast forwarding years to when Pierre and I are together and, um, talking to him, it was just recently that um, we kind of tied things together with that and kind of how we came up with options and how that really affects your life. And so I'll let you talk about that a little more, but. Yeah. I mean, it's in society now and, you know, you look at a, a touchy subject, but for one like school shootings, for example. Um, and I remember I was, 
junior, senior in high school when, when Columbine happened. And once that happened, that was, you know, out in the news and look at how frequent it happens now. Um, sad, disturbing. But when you think about the, the whole options piece of things, once, once that happened, other people saw it happen. You know, it's on the news uh, right now. Like every time it happens, it's all over social media. It's an option. It's out there. And it was always an option, but it wasn't being acted upon because it wasn't on the forefront of people's minds. People weren't going through that, those thoughts because it, it really hadn't happened. It wasn't frequent. But now that it's frequent, it's become an option <laughs> and it's disturbing. But that's just kind of how options play a part. You don't know what something is. And I feel like that's a lot of the, the disconnect and some of the division uh, that we see in, in the world and in our, in our own country is, you know, folks are looking at other people and they're not realizing where they're coming from because their thought process doesn't have the same options as someone else's thought process because they haven't been through something. They haven't dealt through the, haven't dealt with this or that. And that's just where the, where you got to find that, that happy place. You got to be able to relate to other folks when certain things in your mind aren't an option because you haven't been faced with that adversity. No, you're right. And we can take this all the way back to uh, the garden. You know, if you think about the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, Hey, here's the options. Okay. You, you can either eat from it <laughs> or you cannot. I don't want you to. I'm telling you not to. I don't want you to. And then the serpent comes into the play. The devil comes into play and he says, Hey, look, here's the options for real. All right. Did God say not to? Did, did he really? And so he presented that option and he made it very tempting for Eve at the time to uh, eat from the fruit. And, and he kind of deceived her a little bit. Then Eve gave that option over to Adam as well that, hey, look, you know, this is this isn't as bad as as, as you think it is. You know, you, you, you think it's going to be bad, but it's not really that bad. It's kind of good. And then their eyes were opened to all these different options. And that's when God had to say, you know, no more. No, I, I said not to do it. And we all know what that is like uh, going through it as a parent as well. It's kind of difficult to be able to see your daughter do or your son do something that you've told them and asked them not to do. And you're like, why would you do such a thing? <laughs> well, the and, interesting part of that is so, you know, you go into to Genesis 2, 16, 17. Uh, it says, you know, and the Lord command the man. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. This is the NIV version. From any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, for when you eat from that tree, you will certainly die. So they had plenty of options to eat from. There was one tree you do not touch. And once that happened, options comes into play again, because what's the name <laughs> of the tree they ate from? Uh, knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. So they don't even know the difference of good and evil at this point. And as soon as they eat from that tree, more options are available in their mind. They realize they're not clothed and the rest is history. So options comes into play in an even bigger portion when you look at the knowledge of good and evil. And once they got that knowledge, the rest is history. No, you're exactly right. God, God punished uh, the serpent first, and then he punished Eve. And, and he asked Eve, what, what did you do? Or, or he asked Adam, what did you do? And, and 
Adam immediately said, uh, she made me do it. You know, she, she <laughs> he, he made me do it, you know, uh, kind of putting the blame off on somebody else. And I think that that's what I used to do a lot, too, was put the blame off on my childhood, how I was raised. And then I went through a, a program named Celebrate Recovery, and I went through that program. And one of the things in there is to realize my mistakes, right, along the way. And yes, there's a reason why I made poor decisions out of all the options that I had. And it was because those were the only options that I knew, right? It's hard to break free from the things that you know and do something differently. And, and whenever, whenever I would just repeat those mistakes over and over again, I never understood what was causing me and others so much pain and so much turmoil because my eyes hadn't been opened to the knowledge of good. I, di- I didn't know how to do good. Um, over in the book of James, it talks about practicing evil and people will get punished for that and practicing righteousness. I think about that in a way that I think of a, a a person playing the drums and trying to learn how to play drums and they're in their garage and they're banging away on the drums and they're getting it right and they're getting it right. And you practice in the garage. So whenever you go out there on stage, you do it correct in front of other people and, and you want to perform right. You don't intentionally mess up whenever you're out there on stage because you want to perform to your highest level. And for me, trying to practice righteousness took a lot of practice. There was a day and a time whenever I would have pushed down an old woman and took her wallet trying to cross the road instead of helping somebody cross the road. That's what I would do. And I I think that that we have to see those different options by maybe hanging around different people, doing different things than what we were used to and how we were raised. That's what I had to do anyway. And it's it's true because... I mean, you even think about, we go back to social media, like oftentimes you, you see folks unfriend, mute, uh, really just block out uh, different opinions, differing opinions from their own. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you do that, you're, you're kind of being closed-minded to two other options that are available. Um, and you miss out on the other side of things uh, because you're, you're, you're just wanting to see your side and when other options are available, it's a it's a whole bigger picture. There's there's two sides of a coin. But if you're only seeing one side, you're going to say this coin is only has heads. Uh, you're not seeing tails when you refuse to accept or relate that there's something else on the other side of that coin. And I feel like that's a, just a dangerous thing to do. And you see a lot of folks do it, especially when it comes to, to politics, et cetera. But you you can broaden your horizons if you actually take time to, to speak to people, relate to people, hear them, empathize with them. And oftentimes those conversations with other humans, you know, facing other battles, you know, we all have our own sins. We all have our own obstacles that we face each day. And oftentimes talking to each other about it, whether we disagree with things or not, it's going to help you at least understand for one where that person is coming from, but also reconsider that maybe there's a, a better path or better way to deal with a situation you're going through. Well, and not only that, but it's not, it, what's the harm in hearing someone else out and allowing them to have their opinion? Just because someone differs from you doesn't mean that your opinion has to change. You can still hold on to your opinion. You can still have your values and still listen and have empathy for someone else. Like, I think that's, it's important to have balance in our lives. Like Pierre and I certainly don't agree on everything. Nope. And 
Um, (laughs) but I think that's healthy. Like, honestly, if we agreed on everything, our marriage would probably be pretty boring. Like it's, it's interesting and it's, it is healthy. I think for us to disagree and to talk about those things. I mean, sometimes they get a little heated. I'm not going to lie, but, um, Overall, it's allowing the other person to be themselves and and to love them in spite of that and that it's not, it doesn't have to be your way. And I think that's important just in society these days. Everybody seems to um, want you to have their opinion. And even though you might agree a little, maybe you don't agree enough. And our pastor brought that up. And I thought it was a, a brilliant topic because, you know, yes, I agree with you, but I don't agree with you enough. And like, that's true too. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, trying to figure that out along the way has been very difficult for me in our marriage. Uh, my wife, she, of course, she's, she's always right. And she's got it down pat, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> for me, on the other hand, I had to realize that there were other options just than my <laughs> options of how to do things. It was very strange, very strange to have to learn to, Hey, I learned, I, I live honestly, I was raised uh, by myself from about the age of seven until uh, until I got married at 20. So I didn't have anybody else really that I was accountable to or I had to give an answer to. It was very strange to have my wife want to know where I was because I was like, nobody's ever wanted to know where I was. And I didn't quite say it that way. So I <laughs> I, I love her for being so patient. Uh, yeah, I think we, we, we have those moments too. You know, sometimes it's, if you don't, if you don't get to know someone, if you don't have some of those difficult conversations, you're you're not going to open up why that person is responding to something a certain way. Uh, usually, if someone has an opinion on something, it's because they've experienced uh, their something on their, their own. Like they they've lived through something, they've gone through something. There's usually a backstory mm-hmm. to why someone has a strong opinion. Uh, about any type of topic. And if you're just blocking that person out and you're not hearing them, uh, that's just not the way to go about it. Cause you're, you're basically saying you don't care. You're, you're right. They're wrong. Uh, whereas they feel the same way. And then all of a sudden there's tension because neither person's getting to know the backstory of why that person feels the way they feel. Well, and I can tell you, I was married previously and I, don't always know why I react to things the way I do, because quite honestly, I've blocked a lot of that out. And um, every once in a while, it's been many years, um, 22, in fact. And um, there's still times that something will bother me. And I can't understand why Pierre will look at me and think I'm crazy sometimes because I'll overreact to like something as little as him going to the store by himself. And he can't, I don't even understand why I'm overreacting. And um, I had that aha moment not too long ago where I was like, oh, I get it now. But it took 22 years for me to put, put those pieces together. So quite honestly, sometimes somebody might have a reaction to something and feel so strongly or react to it poorly simply because it's something in their subconscious that they just haven't pieced together yet. Like it'll sometimes it takes years and sometimes it's quick, but you just never know what someone is dealing with. No, exactly right. Or what they've dealt with. And I think that uh, as long as we are all a little bit more patient with each other, we can see the different options that are out there in the world and maybe learn some different things. And hopefully what this whole world can do a little bit more. And I include myself in that 
is to see all the different options that are out there and uh, be very, very patient with each other as we try and uh, love one another and do all those things that the Bible tells us to do. And one of the things was uh, having options on podcasts, Pierre and Michelle. And I want to personally thank everybody for joining us here on the Finding Faith and Losing Sleep podcast, the very first one. We did a pretty good job of breaking some things down uh, as far as the options go, throwing some Bible stuff in there. I think we'll end up throwing some more Bible stuff along the way, a little bit deeper even uh, as we continue on in this podcast format. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. We we got topic we want to discuss, and again, we're just we're just normal, average, everyday people. And uh, these are conversations you got to have. These are these are topics. You know, we'll get into some that are, you know, in the culture today that may be you know difficult to to, to talk about, but we will because we all have our own opinions on those. And uh, hopefully, the listeners you know do as well. And you know they they find some. I don't I don't even know the word, but they just. They find something with this podcast that they can relate to um, as they're maybe going through their own faith journey or, or maybe losing sleep over, you know, what's happening in the world as they try to find their own answers. And that's what we're hoping we can accomplish on this podcast for us and for them. Well, maybe they'll find other options in life that they've never thought of because we're coming at it from a different perspective. Uh, don't you think, Michelle? Yes, I do. And I, I guess our prayer is that um, those things that keep us awake at night sometimes that as we explore our faith and grow in it, that maybe we lose a little less sleep. That, that would be nice to lose, lose <laughs> uh, not not lose sleep. I don't know if that's going to end up happening whenever you have a, a teenager and a six-year-old like I do anymore. It, <laughs> it seems like it just goes crazy around. It's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon at my house is all it is. <laughs> and it just gets a little crazy around here. But hey, yeah, both of you did a good job. I appreciate the two of you very, very much. Uh, you can find Pierre over on Twitter at Peewee31 if you want to yell at him about anything or stick up for him in case Michelle said something wrong. But Michelle, I don't remember your Twitter handle. Uh, you know, Wes, I don't know it off my offhand either. If I'm really being honest with you, um, we do have one. Um, is it Twitter? Yeah, we we have a Twitter handle for the pod, uh, Finding oh. Faith Pod. So at Finding Faith Pod is our Twitter handle. Just getting it started, but hope to get that built up and just find another way for you to interact with us, uh, ask questions, give us comments about the show, and uh, hopefully you like it. And I ultimately just want to touch at least one person. That's the that's the key Amen. is. We can just hit one person. The one person listens to this and it makes a difference. Then uh, our jobs are complete, in my opinion. God, we thank you for an opportunity to be able to get together today and talk about things that are very concerning, not only to ourselves, but to, to the world as well. We thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for taking the time to be able to reach out into our lives and to be able to show us a different way. We thank you that you did not punish us eternally for those options that we pursued at one time, but you gave us an opportunity to turn to you. We just ask that you'll continue to be patient with us as we try and find the right things to do in this world and then give us the the ability to do them and give us the courage to be able to do the right things as well. Thank you, Lord, for loving us before we ever loved you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Wes, too, very, very much. No, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, great, great opportunity here on the Finding Faith and Losing Sleep podcast. Make sure you hit those stars, like it, tell your friends about it, share it wherever you can, just to uh, be able to help this thing grow and to get a get a different kind of movement going in this world. We uh, do appreciate you listening and tune in next time. I don't or every week. I don't know how often we're going to do this, but we'll put it out whenever we need to.